Hello and welcome to the Van Podcast, a podcast series from Visual Artists Ireland. My name is Joanne Laws and I am editor of the Visual Artists News Sheet. Published every two months, the Van Podcast features online conversations recorded remotely with various contributors to each issue of the Van. This gives opportunities to discuss ideas arising from published texts while also offering insights into wider practice. Today I'm joined online by Monaghan-based artist Elaine Hoey, whom I interviewed for the May-June 2021 issue of the Visual Artist News Sheet. Elaine is a new media artist who works with a range of formats, such as virtual reality, AI systems, video, gaming, installation and live performance, which has recently expanded to include remote cyber performance. Among other forthcoming projects, Elaine's solo exhibition, Flesh and Tongue, will be presented at Goma Contemporary in Waterford in June. She's also currently developing new work for a major solo exhibition at Solstice Art Centre in Navan later this year. Elaine's interactive installations explore the biopolitics of digital humanity and our evolving relationship with the screen. Okay, Elaine, thanks a million for joining me today. Um, for the benefit of some of our listeners who may not be familiar with your practice, um, how would you describe your current medium and your technical working processes? It might also be worth outlining your background or aspects of your previous training, which may have led you to work in this way. Hi, Joanne. Um, thanks a million for having me on today to have a chat. Um, I suppose at the minute I'm, I'm exploring a variety of different mediums, everything from CGI, live cyber performance, green screen technologies, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, um, and then expanded video and installation. It's quite a number of things that I'm kind of looking at. And I suppose given lockdown, I'm very much in what I would consider it an experimental phase and wanting to explore and push the kind of work that I'm making into other fields mm -hmm. and I'm very very interested right now unfortunately but again with kind of restrictions around um, COVID I'm uh, loving kind of collaborating with people you know via um, obviously virtual space uh, so I'm kind of looking working with other artists dancers performers writers sound artists and I find that kind of way of working um, quite interesting and also kind of adds uh, or provides I suppose a relief from the isolation of working on my own usually in front of a computer and um, in terms of training I did a BA and MA in fine art media in the National College of Art and Design in 2016 and 17 mm -hmm. and initially I would have done a lot of exploration and experimentation with 3D and digital spaces using virtual reality mainly uh, but I think when working with new media and technologies you're constantly kind of learning and investigating new practices and um, you know technology is definitely evolving constantly as are the themes and critical discourse surrounding them and I, I think like most artists uh, I don't think you're ever done training or learning so you're constantly kind of moving uh, your practice forward in, in in different ways um you know looking at what's happening um within contemporary art practices as well mm -hmm. excellent um and so I'm curious to know whether you've been working on any new projects or films during lockdown um yeah well as uh, i i 
as well as lecturing part-time in the Fine Art Media Department in NCAD, I've been developing a number of works, both short-term projects and other more longer-term projects, um, which the lockdown has allowed me to kind of figure out in my brain. I have two solo exhibitions this year, fingers crossed, Flesh and Tongue, which is opening in June at Goma Contemporary in Waterford. Mm -hmm. And I'm also developing work for a major solo exhibition at Sosa's Art Centre in County Meath called Mimesis for later on this year. And uh, the exhibition Flesh and Tongue, which is in um, Goma, is a work that looks at a type of, I suppose it looks at negative representations of the monstrous female body through uh, the exploration of the classic myth of Medusa. And I suppose I'm interested in reclaiming that myth um, as a space or a site which challenges uh, male power or even patriarchal power and um, also kind of subverts the traditional ideals of the female form. And the other exhibition, Mimesis, is somewhat inspired by our unfortunate current uh, situation, the pandemic. And for that, I'm kind of looking at this idea of mimesis or mimetic systems or behaviors um, and, and also how they reveal our capacity to adapt through during times of crisis. Um, and it's also, um, I suppose, very influenced by what's happening in the US at the minute and investigating how the body, both social and political, merges with technological systems, adapting mimetic theories, often sort of in ideologically polarized ways. And as was that is very evident in the US at the minute, you know, things like wear masks, don't wear masks, and how do you survive? So I'm looking at a kind of a whole host of, um, I suppose, ways in which we mimic each other or mimic other systems in order to survive, particularly now in times of crisis. Um, also, uh, I suppose since September, I've been doing a residency with the Digital Hub in Dublin. And as part of this, I was very interested in developing a critical discourse and framework around emerging technologies because I use them so much. They're such a big part of my practice. And um, so as part of that residency in the Digital Hub, I've been working with the National College of Art and Design, doc, uh, Dr. Rachel O'Dwyer there. She's a visual cultures lecturer and also uh, Anne Kelly in the NCA. NCAD gallery mm -hmm. to develop a sort of a state sustained and quite a diverse critical inquiry uh, via this type of in public webinar series to focus on the transformative nature of emerging technologies. Um, we have some sort of amazing national and international guest speakers. These include artists, writers, academics, uh, all working in various aspects and themes surrounding new technologies. Um, I'm kind of hosting this, uh, the second seminar, which is happening on Thursday, uh, the 1st of April, with German Iraqi artist uh, Nora Al Badri. And I'm also interviewing um, Professor Barry O'Sullivan from the University of College Cork. And um, <clears throat> that seminar will be kind of discussing ethical questions surrounding um, new emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, I've also <laughs> been very busy. I've been developing a new project with, um, and this is a kind of a long-term project with a, a Irish designer and activist, Natalie B. Coman. And Natalie is an Irish designer, but she's also ambassador for the UN. And she's a sort of a keen advocate around 
women's rights, in particular about raising awareness around female genital mutilation. So we're at very early stages of developing a type of a live hybrid cyber performance and immersive installation work. And uh, we're very interested in kind of exploring new ways in which to experience uh, the body, uh, the performance of the body and identity and, and also of language. So that's kind of what I'm working at at the minute. That's just some of them, um, the things that I'm kind of developing. Amazing. You sound really, really busy. Um, <laughs> as, as you've um, alluded to already, I think we're all kind of painfully aware of how dramatically the art world has ground to a halt during the pandemic uh, with reduced access to artist studios or fabrication facilities, uh, as well as the interruption or postponement of exhibition schedules and events and the loss of so many other public moments that galvanize the visual arts community. But aside from all of this, I'm wondering whether this whole experience has actually changed or shaped or innovated any aspect of your work either conceptually or in terms of your modes of production and so on? Yeah, well, I suppose the coronavirus outbreak is changing the way everybody in the world is working and living our lives in general. And I think artists are good at adapting in general. Um, and we're definitely adapting to this new normal. I mean, it's difficult, as you said, around exhibitions, public events, um, that have been kind of indefinitely put on hold and it's trying to navigate that. Yes, it's difficult. But I think um, what the pandemic weirdly has brought us is a slowdown. It's brought us time. Um, and I think uh, from talking to a good number of artists, you know, we're kind of using this type of forced downtime to create new work, experiment with new ideas and also for longer term planning, you know, Things like that project with Natalie, I probably wouldn't have had the time to develop But Now, you know, we're kind of in this very forced kind of lockdown, so you're not kind of distracted. So the ability to do a lot of planning longer term has really um, become, you know, very evident within a lot of artists' practice, you know, her developing these larger scale projects. It's almost like we don't have, we have so much time that we're thinking bigger. Um, and I've also um, been doing some cyber performance lectures as an avatar, which I've been really enjoying. And, um, and that kind of made me think about, you know, things like the vulnerability and the instability of the physical body, um, given the current situation and how technology could somehow bridge the gap between the outside world and this internal I suppose domestic space, you can't even say it's a studio space, but this domestic space. And um, so the forced departure of everyone into virtual spaces really opened up very interesting conversations for me around my own practice and how I might kind of connect with people. The idea of kind of kind of living in this dual kind of space constantly. Um, it's definitely in my wheelhouse anyway, but it's it's made me think about it in ways that I hadn't kind of uh, expected. And it's also brought in a lot of opportunities. I'm developing a project with um, an international kind of black box, virtual black box, which we're going to create this kind of uh, very experimental online space where we'll meet with actors and performers and artists from all over the world. So that is one thing that's kind of very big that's kind of come out of this is um, this idea of using time for experiment, you know, having time to experiment and play where people have slowed down and wanting to develop 
more critical thinking and also wanting to develop experimental practices. So I think that's been the most beneficial thing for me. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, you've already touched on this briefly, but um, many of your artworks are informed by kind of um, robust geopolitical issues. Uh, from migration, borders and nation states to uh, the military industrial complex and a kind of contemporary state of perpetual war. Um, it's also pertinent to consider that the internet was originally invented 40 years ago as a military communication network to link universities, government agencies and defense contractors around America. And so I often think even on a subconscious, subconscious level, um, I tend to kind of evaluate the aesthetic appeal of your work uh, in terms of commercial gaming technology and graphics. Therefore, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on the power and functionality of artworks that on the surface seem to resemble computer games. Um, I suppose for me, it's about focusing attention on the create the more kind of creative potentials of this type of medium. And I, I do think you know, while games aren't going to necessarily change the world, I do think they're just, they're not just a form of entertainment, but I do think they have value in terms of cultural expression. You know, um, the online gaming is the biggest community in the world. It's got like 70 million people. Um, that's a lot of people playing one particular type of um, medium, you know, games. So I do think they're part of our DNA almost now um, and younger generations will have grown up without any kind of idea that games didn't exist. So I, I do think that as a medium, um, they're breaking down barriers between genres and creating kind of interactive and immersive ways uh, for artists to make art. But also the tools, for me, more critically, I think it's the tools and the softwares used within the gaming industry themselves, which are largely free and open source, which I really like, are providing kind of, uh, you know, these other ways um, that artists can be creative and also to develop kind of critical conversations around many aspects of the way we kind of live our lives online. Okay. Brilliant. Um, so as you've already mentioned, um, you've been exploring formats like artificial intelligence, simulation technology and uh, live virtual reality performance. Um, and you've been producing some fairly intense and arresting depictions of the human body, variously as sensual, vulnerable or superhuman, while also exploring the nature of physical and non-physical borders and boundaries. So I suppose my question is, what happens when these uh, constructs of personal or national identity start to break down and become somehow vague or abstract? Um, I think this idea of the body and what that means within virtual space is such a key part of my practice, but also of my research th this year, whether it be through, uh, as you mentioned, remote cyber performance or exploring theories of the biopolitical body in terms of gender identity. I think I view, and you mentioned it in your last question, I think, you know, this idea of the internet or cyberspace as a space. I think I view cyberspace of the internet as a type of third space where social, political and cultural narratives are constantly being played out on a daily basis. Uh, so for me, in that respect, the internet or the virtual is a very living, breathing space. 
Um, and a recent work I made called Imaginary State, which was part of the exhibition Desire at IMA, uh, sought to question themes of national identity through this type of live cyber performance. And this had two actors performing remote and live, both from Derry and Dublin. And I suppose through this work, I wanted to blur the boundaries between real and imagined spaces, but but I think even more importantly, between ideologies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also about, I suppose, uh, you know, when you have a, a national identity put on you and you do not fit that identity, what happens? And I suppose this work looked at kind of highlighting that alienation um, of individuals within a society uh, when identity, when national identity politics comes into play. Um, in my new work, uh, the body again becomes really kind of central in the work that I'm making at the minute, um, particularly flesh and tongue. Uh, looks at questions of power in the body. I suppose one example of that is a work called A Blind Eye, which is a dual channel narrative based work that speaks of the violation and rape of Medusa. Um, But I'm kind of doing it in a contemporary context. Uh, And by that, I mean, I perform the work using live facial performance capture and deep fakes. And deep fakes is an AI technology which has been weaponized against women, particularly in public porn shaming. Um, It was literally designed for that purpose. Um, And uh, I performed this type of head, this female head, which I um, got from this online digital site um, where uh, on these sites, there's a huge amount of kind of bodies of people, photorealistic bodies um, captured using photogrammetry. And uh, largely and even more increasingly now, these bodies are being sold um, for the virtual sex industry where all sorts of things are being carried out uh, to these women. But I think there's a that, that kind of blurring of, um, you know, things like within the gaming language, this violence is kind of carried out and then people thinking, oh, well, it has no real world consequences. Um, but I think sexual violence against women is a huge issue right now. I mean, it's always been a huge issue. I was reading a report by the World Health Organization and uh, this report came out in 2018 and it said that one in three or 30% of women have been subjected to physical or sexual violence by a partner uh, or non-partner, both online and offline. Um, So it's a very, um, you know, I suppose it's a very um, prevalent issue right now. You only have to look at what happened in the US, the recent shootings there, but also the motivations behind those shootings and to see that this is a, a really big problem within society. So I think for me, looking at Um, at the minute it's about looking at powerful representations of the female body and um, that that's I suppose in particular um, looking at um, the the scary Medusa the monstrous feminine and how that kind of powerful image of the woman can be sort of reclaimed as a site to challenge kind of male power patriarchal power and also to I suppose subvert the traditional notions of what the female body and form should be. Um, so that's really what I'm kind of doing at the minute. I'm very interested in the body, but in many, many different forms. And, you know, whether it's around violence against women or whether it's how national identity politics play out um, either online or in the real world, uh, 
and how they're kind of affecting people's um, sense of themselves. Excellent. Um, and so I suppose as a concluding question, maybe I could just ask you to simply discuss any upcoming projects or future plans. Yeah, um, I just uh, received a studio award from Emma. So um, uh, that I'm really looking forward at some stage to getting into that studio. That was part of the studio award with Emma and Daz. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I suppose when I get in there, I'd look, you know, it's just about having a physical space to work in bizarrely, even though I work online and I work in virtual spaces all the time. Um, you know, I'm very interested in, in um, being able to work with other people, you know, with dancers, performers, um, as part of my upcoming show in Solstice and also the collaboration with Natty, we're working with live dancers and performers. Um, so it would be really nice to have the chance to physically do that again, whether that happens with, you know, in the next few months, uh, fingers crossed. Um, I've also just many other things on the go, lots of small projects. I'm working with an artist called John Conway, who's developing a piece of VR work for, um, well, it's part of a live and VR hybrid performance work that around um, age and memory. A uh, beautiful project actually. And he's kind of driving that and I'm just kind of jumping in on the VR stuff with him. So, um, uh, and I suppose then just the other projects that I mentioned um, are taking up quite a lot of my time um, as well. So um, yeah, it's a lot of uh, experimentation, getting rid of, getting ready for some shows and hopefully, um, you know, that, uh, you know, that the country begins to open up in the next few months and that we can, I suppose, begin to engage with each other once again in, in a physical space. <laughs> that's, the, that's the hope, you know, that weirdly, even though I do a lot of virtual, is that we begin to have the chance to go into physical spaces again with each other. Exactly. Um, okay, uh, I think we could finish there. Um, I want to thank you so much for your time and for the really vibrant insights you've given into your work. And obviously we'd like to wish you the best of luck with your upcoming projects and do keep in touch. Will do, thank you very much, Joanne, for having me on today. You have been listening to The Van Podcast, a podcast series by Visual Artist Ireland. These podcast interviews are being published every two months on SoundCloud.